Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. You sent me a cryptic message this morning <laughs> as, a, as a possible topic, and I think it sounds great because it's kind of a follow-on in some sense from what we talked about last week. At least I think it will be. But the, the, the line just said, project equals cook, product equal nutritionist. Yep. What, what, what does that mean? Can you explain it to, to, to us and our listeners and me? First of all, it's it, it it's hyper compressed in order to fit into a, an SMS message that I was typing while talking to a client. So, apologies for my mysteriousness, but it, it's pretty easy to explain. Uh, I had a uh, somebody who was talking to me about problems in his organization, and he kept talking about um, how focused the organization, the IT organization, was on solving problems, and they're quite good at solving problems using whatever tools they have, using whatever might be on hand, they can kind of cobble together something, keep the costs down, and um, they can move from one project to another. And I said, well, it sounds like uh, what, what, what you have is a bunch of cooks, and the cooks take whatever's in the pantry, and when somebody comes and says, I'm hungry, they take whatever's in the pantry, make something that's halfway close to what that person wants, they try not to spend too much on the ingredients, and they make a, a decent meal and hand it over. And, and what you'd like is uh, a nutritionist, someone who's trying to understand that if the person asks for uh, French fries and chocolate cake, that maybe that might not be the most nutritious breakfast. <laughs> so uh, possibly you might want to consider some juice and um, eggs and uh, something else that w might be better for you. And you might actually go out and buy some different ingredients that are different from what's on the shelf and have those. And, and that would be more like a product focus. And he said, exactly. That's a really great metaphor. So then I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget <laughs> it. And I could talk about it with you. All right. I think I got it now. And I actually I do like this. And, and last week we were talking about, you know, what it meant to be um, product-minded versus product-led. And we ended up on uh, product-aligned. And there we were talking about kind of the whole company. And I feel like this is, we've kind of zoomed in now, kind of the interactions directly about, well, what is the thing we're going to make? And, and you're saying like the, the, the project mentality is like you're a cook taking orders and you're like, okay, well, I've been asked for this. I'm going to see what I can whip up. You know, people come in and say, you know, give us, <laughs> give us a milkshake and dessert. And you're like, yep. sure. <laughs> okay. And, but a product is like, well, let's figure out what you really need is the idea. And maybe we won't do what you want because you, you would really enjoy the milkshake. That would give you a short-term benefit. If someone shows up and says, yeah, I'd just like you to add these 17 uh, fields to Salesforce so that I can record all this information. And you look at it and you say, you know, these are called, um, uh, you know, uh, customer mobile number one, customer phone number two, customer phone number three, um, and up to 17. I think you might want to record multiple phone numbers. Is that right? Well, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Just give me the 17 I'm looking for. The IT right. person might add the 17 columns and kind of hope that the person doesn't come back with another 34 next week. Whereas <laughs> a product-minded person would say, we, we have a problem here of tracking phone numbers. How are, how are we going to keep track of the, now our clients who have many more phone numbers than we thought we'd have? How, how could we solve that maybe outside of Salesforce? When I hear you say that, you know, the the... the People still come with that, you know, uh, 17 requests, but then like you say, then they convert it into, you know, <laughs> yeah, let, let me understand what problem you're trying to solve. That That is almost like a mantra, it seems to me, <clears throat> in what I witnessed in uh, not just with product managers, but also uh, a good interaction designers or UX mm -hmm. designers. Oh, good point. 
Um, and so they're often, it's actually, the designers are often some of the quickest to say, look, actually, can be, you know, can, can you tell me what problem you're trying to solve? I, I heard that this week loud and clear in a meeting where there was some pushback um, from a designer to a product manager because the designer felt like the product manager was, was trying to um, uh, dictate, you know, what the interaction would be rather than saying, here's what the clients want. So it, it's, when you have those, those um, slightly adjacent skill sets, and, and not all organizations have both, you know, UX designers. And I'm, I'm making a real distinction here between a UX designer and a UI designer. Uh, and, and maybe it's worth saying that because I think the UI designers are more like um, uh, the cook you described, or, or maybe they're what they are is they're the um, uh, food stylist. Yes, <laughs> you know, the, I was thinking <laughs> of that, yeah. But, but, and that's user interface. Uh, for listeners who might not know, UI is user interface, UX is user experience. So how do you see the difference, Jeffrey? Well, I think it, it's actually kind of similar here. Um, the, the UI designers are, are the people who often get asked, you know, can you make it pretty? Uh, that's the, that's the, you know, the tagline that a lot of them don't like, although some of them do approach the work in that way. You know, you've, you've given me, you said you want the 17 fields. Great. I'll make the 17 fields, you know, I'll give you a mock-up where the 17 fields look, look nice. Um, but a, a, a UX designer is focused on the experience of the user and they would say, well, wait a minute, 17 fields are going to be a terrible experience. Um, let's figure out what a design would look like uh, uh, that works better. And in fact, let's, let's not, let's talk about what you're actually trying to accomplish. And so I think the UX uh, uh, designers are often uh, going back to really understand that the world of the user and therefore, and their real problems, and therefore, what things would be really most most helpful for them. Well, that makes perfect sense, and I'm not quite sure how to fit it into the analogy. I think if we go with food stylist and 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 something else, I think we might be stretching it too far. But but in in <laughs> in, in, in I'm not going to try to push that any 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 more distance. But it does seem to me that uh, the the um, analogy of looking at what your overall goals are, what your overall outcome is, does fit nicely for a nutritionist because you're, you're taking apart the, the request into its component pieces and, and often coming up with something that's very, very different from what someone asked for, which, by the way, I will note, is also different from what, we, uh, what my fear was last week. Last week I was saying, uh, you know, if you're product-led, it's like it's the tyranny of the, the product organization. They're going to squash everybody else's views. If you think about of them as the nutritionist, they're supporting the rest of the company. They're saying, well, gosh, you know, that milkshake might not be so good for you. The 17 fields might not work to accomplish the goal that you want. Let's try to accomplish the goal that you're looking for, that we're all aiming for, and here are three ways that we could accomplish that. That That's what I mean, I think, by product alignment, is uh, I'm, I'm looking for everyone to cooperate in that direction and uh, if everyone can be thinking about what's best for their health, what's best for the health of the company, rather than their latest demand and whatever their stomach is, is growling for, uh, that would be very helpful. Of course, then the puzzle is how do you get there? Yeah, and I, I think it might be worth saying here because we've talked about product managers and we've talked about designers, but engineers, good, good developers, often have the same instinct of saying, looking at, can I understand what problem you're trying to solve? Now, the the, the thing I've also seen, though, is that as... Um, some people in development or product or design get this mindset, this sort of nutritionist mindset, and let me understand the problem and help come up with a solution. Like that's my, that's my job to help you come up with a solution that can, um, cause a lot of tension 
with an organization that's used to simply placing orders. <laughs> yep. And, and, and even, even founders uh, or experienced people, and often I see this from people who've been good product managers but have been promoted um, to a level where they no longer have the time to spend on client discovery but still have strong opinions <laughs> about you know what what uh, should be done can often fall in the trap of you know delivering these orders look can you just do this just make it look like this you know i went i met with the with the senior executive at the other company we agreed that this is what they need so just build it and please stop you know trying to push back do you experience that oh absolutely my clients complain about it all the time the uh, difficulty is that uh, the the person who's giving that order uh, is, is doing so with the same purpose. So uh, this is one of those cases where the interests align, but the positions do not. I'm quoting there from Getting to Yes, which is a, a wonderful book worth reading on, on that and many other topics. And the interest of the person who's been to see the senior executive who, who has the client order in hand is in uh, achieving the same goal as the product-minded, product-aligned person who is saying, actually, that might not solve the client's problem. The person who's uh, who's got the order ha has got what he or she thinks is an accurate understanding, and the thing that he or she is usually missing is an appreciation that other points of view would be helpful. And uh, when you put it to them in that in that way, uh, I'm I'm trying to accomplish the same goal as you. If you use their language, uh, I, I want to satisfy this client. I think there might be a better way. Could we talk about something that would work better for them? Uh, that often has a, a greater effect, but it requires trust with them, which you build up by understanding their language and their reasoning, which usually matches yours. Yeah, I, actually, you, you took the words out of my mouth because I was uh, thinking exactly what, you, if you're in that role of being dictated to and you want to change the dynamic, the unsuccessful thing I've seen people do is to push back and say, look, you're doing my job. You shouldn't tell me <laughs> what to build, you know, um, that it's not right for, for you as the manager or as the salesperson or as the executive to try to tell us what to do. You know, we are <clears throat> software craftsmen, we, we are designers, we are whatever the kind of um, positional authority people try to exert. You know, you're going to lose that uh, uh, every time. <laughs> and even if you win, you're not winning any friends. You might yeah, win in the short term. It's a pyrrhic victory. Exactly. However, we have talked about this before about having empathy for people in power. And it, and it's really what you described there was starting with empathy and saying, look, I understand the goals. Like, I, yeah, let's, this is something that we're going to be able to um, uh, do for these people and it will help them tremendously. And then I usually like to go on the line of uh, sharing my fear. You know, I'm worried that we're just looking at what they've said and we might be missing you know, better solutions. And if we were to talk to their actual users, you know, if we understood their world better, we'd be more likely to, to generate, you know, something that would be, would be even better or would be, you know, that we might be missing something, but it's bringing in that fear that we might be missing something just by, by uh, implementing without understanding. Um, I've often seen that to be more successful, but it starts with what you said, which is acknowledging the fact that we're aligned. Yeah, look, we have the same goal uh, and I just have this concern does this seem reasonable? And I've I, I typically found that to be much, much more effective. Indeed. And I'd just suggest slightly changing that. I think you have the same idea. I, I would make sure to ask them whether we're aligned and you listen very carefully to the answer. 
because the language they use is often um, very, very helpful then in making sure you really are aligned and using their language back to them. So that might sound like this. Uh, Jeffrey, are you, um, are, you, are you being motivated here by pressure from the board or from the customer, or uh, is it somebody else who's, who's bringing this, uh, this need to you? Where did this order come from? What would your answer be? Yeah, that's great. I, I like that. I'll just say that multiple choice empathy you're using there. Um, I say, well, look, I, I talked to the client and the, the and the, and the senior person there told me that this is what they need. And so I think if we, if we can, you know, deliver what they've asked for, they're, they're sure to sign the contract. Got it. So it sounds like your motivation is signing the contract and that this senior decision maker is the key one who's, who's key to signing the contract. Is that right? That's right. And then they basically said, if, if we deliver this, then then they sign. So let, let's just deliver ex exactly what they asked for and, and everything will be good. That sounds stupendous. You and I are agreed on getting the contract signed. I have a fear that it might be that if we deliver it as, that we, as they've described it, it actually won't work and they won't sign. So I, I have a concern about that. W would that be a bad outcome? I, I think we both agree that wouldn't work. Well, yeah, that'd be a bad outcome. I'm just not sure why that would happen if, if we do exactly what they said. Uh, you know, if, if they if they go look at that and say, yep, this is what you said you wanted, right? How could that go wrong? Well, let me tell you a few tales, and I could go into yeah, some, uh, ex exactly. examples where someone told me what they wanted, and then that's not what they wanted. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, I, I agree. Yeah, that's that's the risk. But you can see what I'm, I'm doing there is I'm focusing on signing the contract, which was Jeffrey's motivation. In another case, it might be um, pressure from the board. It might be um, uh, uh, winning more budget and an internal competition. There could be a lot of different motivations. And if I know Jeffrey's motivation, then I can make sure I align with it and use language relevant to it and, and stories that are relevant, stories of people who did didn't sign contracts as a result of um, accurate delivery of exactly what they yeah. asked for that's that, right. that would be more meaningful to Jeffrey than if I were to give some generic argument. That's right. And, you, and what, I, what I noticed there is you, you, know, you were listening to what I was saying and you, you were responding to what I said as opposed to having a pre-canned script that you were saying that was kind of not sensitive to what I, the words I was actually using. Yeah, because if you'd said, um, gosh, you know, the, the uh, I don't really care about it, but the order came from the CEO, then I'd stop talking to Jeffrey and I'd go see the CEO. That, that would have really changed my mind, but there could have been many, many different motivations, some of which would have led to very different actions. So great. Uh, um, maybe it's comfortable to be a cook. Like the, the advantage of being a cook is that <laughs> you give people what they want and they, they you typically don't get blamed, but you know, you probably have more value as a nutritionist. Is that something like that? That's what I got from this uh, analogy. Absolutely. And if, and if you're feeling like a cook, go and find out more about the nutritional needs of the, the order givers, the uh, customers that are coming to, to give you the orders. What, what are their emotional needs? What are their um, commercial needs? What is driving their orders? And use their language in uh, suggesting alternatives uh, rather than simply saying, no, I don't want to be a cook anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Great. Well, if uh, any of you feel like cooks or if you'd like to learn to be nutritionists or if you completely disagree with our metaphor all around, then please feel free to get in touch with us. You can find uh, all kinds of stuff, transcripts of these podcasts and videos and all kinds of other good things at agileconversations.com, as well as our Twitter addresses and email and probably carrier pigeon stuff I don't remember that's uh, all on there. So, so please visit and uh, get in touch with us. We really like it when we hear from listeners. And of course, we like it when you come back again, and that'll be next Wednesday when we'll be back on Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.